when I value you, when I honor you and, and show uh, love in terms of just valuing you uh, as, a, as a person and as a close member of my family, this is when we start to love one another, outdoing one another in honor. I said that we'd be, uh, we'd be having a little look at, uh, as we went through this, we'd be having a little look at the things that are going on around us in the, in the world at the moment. Well, obviously, we're in what the uh, World Health Organization has at least uh, told us is a pandemic, there's, uh, which means that there's a kind of uh, potentially coming up, there's lots of ways that we might be able to love one another specifically and tangibly. Now, as I've, even as I've talked to some of you this morning, there has been a range of kind of reactions to this, to what's going on uh, with the coronavirus thing. There's been, uh, on one end, there's like, it's, it's all way overblown and we sh- there's nothing really to, to worry about. To, on the other end, you know, the, the world is going to end in a month or two. Um, you know, so there's this, and then some, and everyone kind of fits somewhere in, in between that. So and and so perhaps you're thinking really the media is overdoing this and there's not a whole lot that we should be worrying about, and and I and I get I get what you're saying there. If you're healthy, the chances are that uh, the coronavirus might you know just, just continue on through and you won't be largely affected. Um, however, there are obviously some around us that uh, that think that it might be just a, a little more of a of an issue than that. We've seen the toilet paper apocalypse around us. Um, and and, but yes, mostly m- most of us probably won't be affected all that badly in terms of health. Yet, there are even sitting around us uh, those that sit in a particular age bracket uh, that we know the statistics are a little bit different. Okay, and so there are even as we gather here together like this, we think about the you know we t- we joked about the handshake things and the ho- hugs thing this morning, but there are real tangible ways in which we can love at one another, that we can just careful, that value each other to the point of, you know what, I'm going to be really, really careful about this thing. Because, yeah, for, for me, sitting at the age bracket that I'm, I'm at, I'm probably going to be okay. For someone else sitting in a different age bracket, there's a really, really different percentage that happens there. And so we're going to, we can uh, think about that and, and love one another in a real uh, tangible way. We can think about the community around us in a real tangible way just as we, as we work through this ever-evolving situation. I, I, I was talking yesterday with a senior surgeon from the Waikato Hospital Emergency Department, and, and, he, and he just said, yeah, the, like the, the health system in New Zealand is reasonably stretched anyway. Now, with what's going on, they are very stretched because, the, because the, there's some stuff's kicking in already in terms of testing and all that kind of thing. When, the, when or if a, a community outbreak happens in New Zealand, it's just going to be completely over, overrun. So uh, there are ways in which we can just collectively love the community around us and, uh, and be careful uh, around those things. So, yeah, on, on one hand, there's not a whole lot to worry about in, in one sense, but there is uh, ways in which we can absolutely love one another, and that's without even considering the economic type things that, uh, that this has and will bring along. Let's continue back through, our, through the verses here, though. Verse 11, have a, put your eyes on verse 11. We can love each other with a fervent zeal. 
Okay, let's have a look at verse 11 there. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. So that those words there, we've got zeal and fervent um, in the verse. Zeal is kind of like, a, uh, if, you, if you were to look up the, again, the, the, the Greek word there, that just get a bit of, more of a flavor of what's going on. Zeal means an excited fervor about accomplishing something. Okay, so we're, so we, uh, we're not to be slothful in our zeal, but to have some sort of excited fervor about accomplishing something. And that word fervent means to be, uh, become emotionally inflamed, kind of like the idea of boiling water. We kind of should be bubbling here. So we should be bubbling in spirit and have, uh, be emotionally inflamed. Fervent, bubbling emotion, and zeal. How do we apply that to the circumstances around us? Because surely everyone's telling us to be calm, right? Surely everyone's just telling us to just to hold fire a little bit. So, how do we respond in a situation like we find ourselves in, both in the in the culture, cultural setting that we that we find ourselves in, and then also in and around our church setting and how we love our love the church. How do we respond? Well, firstly, we, we are told in Scripture, Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not. Anyone know why God says, fear not? For I am with you. Fear, yeah, Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Here's where the, the, we have a massive advantage over the rest of the world. Whatever goes on in, in, the, in the weeks and months to come, that might be very little, it might be a lot. We can fear not because the Lord is with us, and we know that. That is our bedrock. That is where we stand as a church. That is where we can lie down at night, knowing that we fear not because the Lord is with us. So we stay calm. I think we can also react to what's going on around us with thankfulness. And that might sound a, a little strange, but there's always something to be, be thankful for. But I'm, you know, I look at the, the situation that we're currently in, and I'm thankful for medical advancements. I'm thankful for the common grace of God that He has allowed us to, to not be sitting at the at, at, at 1918 situation when the Spanish flu ripped through much of the world, and where estimates had, um, in terms of deaths, you know, around the 50 million mark somewhere in there. It's pretty hard to tell. I'm thankful that that we have those medical advancements. I'm thankful for that we have technology to get the information to us that we, that we need and that we're able to slow the... I'm thankful that we are able to slow the spread of, the, of this going on. I mentioned the Spanish flu before. It spread like wildfire and it killed like World War II. There's kind of nothing else in history that was, that was like it. Now, the, this is not like the Spanish flu. The, the, this pandemic is not like the Spanish flu. We have some other things, and I'm thankful that we have those medical advancements and the, and the likes to, to help us in that. I'm thankful that we are part of a church. I'm thankful that we are part of a family that, can, that we know that if, if troubled times come, that we have an extended family and a church family that will, and we've just heard it from Nigel, that will and can wrap around us and help us in really tangible ways, praying for us, uh, uh, helping us in, in, in tangible th- uh, ways, and, and you know that when a baby is born in this, in this community, in this uh, church, that there are tangible things that happen. There's little emails that go around perhaps asking for, uh, for you to provide a meal for that family. I'm thankful that we are part of a church. So I think we can respond with calm. I think we can re- respond with thankfulness. I think we can look, look forward 
I think we, we can look forward. We don't know how this is going to play, uh, play out. Uh, we know that yesterday uh, the New Zealand borders have kind of almost essentially been closed. Um, and we know that there is uh, some economic impact that is probably coming uh, um, either already or, or that's, that's coming our way. We know that the immediate future is not known, but we know that as a church that we can help those around us, that there, there are some here that, are, that, that do rely on the, on the tourism industry, and there's a, there's a way in which we can physically and tangibly and practically come around and help one another and love one another. So I think we can look forward. I think we uh, look forward also to the, uh, we, we, we sit in a period of time where, where the events of the world are just sort of unfolding hour by hour, day by day, yet we can look forward to knowing that, that all that is heading towards whatever God is taking us towards. The, the summer kind of, I sent, said someone on one end of the reaction spectrum uh, thinking this is, the, this is the beginning of the end of the world. Well, I, I can assure you that a pandemic is not going to be the end of the world. A world war is not going to be the end of the world. Climate change is not going to be the end of the world. Any of those things, or perhaps all of those things, might contribute to the path that God is taking us towards, but He will wind up this world as He see fit, sees fit, when he sees fits, and he might use some of those events, or he might not. But we can look forward and know that while the immediate future is not known, the, the absolute future and the, the eternal future is 100% known. So we can respond by being calm, we can respond by being thankful, we can look, we respond by looking forward, we can respond by getting practical. Have a look in your, uh, in the, at verse 11 there again. It says, Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit, and serve the Lord. There we go. We can be practical and we can serve the Lord. We can protect each other as a community. We can, be, uh, we can serve each other as a church and we can serve the wider community. Next time, we're going to be looking at loving the lost. Um, and so this is kind of, kind of leading into it a little bit. But we can be practical about how we uh, look to the community around us and get engaged in the community around us. It's a time that we don't think of ourselves individually so much, but we think of our neighbors. Yeah? In, a in a time of... Uh, of, of these sorts of events happening ar around the world. And yes, exactly as the ver verse says, we can then get fervent. We, I think we should be calm, we should be thankful, we should look forward, we should be practical, but then we should be fervent. Many of us are going to be prone to worry. Many of us are going to be prone to anxiety. But we must be fervent in our passion for God's sovereignty and for His glory. Can I say that again? We're going to be fervent for our passion for God's sovereignty and His glory. We ought to proclaim the fact that, that God is sovereign over all of this. God is not surprised by coronavirus. God was not surprised by the March 15 events that happened a year ago. God is not surprised by any of these things that, that are hitting the news headlines and we're like, whoa, didn't see that coming. God saw it coming. God knows what is happening and He is marching these things forward as He uh, sees fit, putting, putting all the puzzle pieces together. We've got to be fervent in our passion for God's sovereignty. He's got it all in his hands. Isaiah 45 verse 7 says a really, really unusual and weird line. It says this, God is speaking and he says, I make well-being and I create calamity. Do you hear that? Isaiah 45 verse 7, 
I make well-being, God says, and I create calamity. He's the one that allows these things to happen in the, in the world. He's, a, he's the one uh, who plans things out where we think that, that might be looking at, uh, at a, an event, whether it's a, a, a pandemic or a big weather event or whatever it is. We think this, those, those things are bad, but he is looking at, these, at those events from a large uh, outside-of-time perspective, and there is no accident. It hasn't taken it by, by him by surprise. He's doing something. So it's time for us to be fervent, for, us to be, to, for the church to stand up and be the shining light of the world, for us to love each other through these hard times, for us to, uh, to the, these hard times to love each other, even though uh, what's, what might be going on now or in the future is very uncertain. Be fervent about the fact that God is working and will be working in these events. And so we fervently work here as hands and feet here on this earth, as his hands and his feet. All right, we move on. Though, we can love each other uh, by living our life together. Have a look at verse 12 and 13. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. It's no, no uh, great secret, and I probably mentioned it before, the early church and the first couple of centuries of the, of the early church, they lived together and they shared everything together. They lived together and they shared everything together. They shared their resources, they shared their money, they shared their food, they shared their homes. Now, uh, I'm not suggesting uh, us all getting into commune living. Um, there's some that have tried that and it ends up being not quite so fun after a little while. But we are, in a, as a group, as a family together, we share resources together. It's, it's no surprise that if, if one of my kids needs a little bit of extra money to, to buy something that they've been saving for, where's the first place they come to? It's a natural part in the family who is, who is there to help try and provide those little things. As a community, as a, as a family together... We, we should be. We should be sharing resources together. We should be uh, helping one another because all the things that we've been given, they're God's, right? All good gifts come from uh, our Heavenly Father above. That's James chapter 1. We need to be living life together. And here's, uh, and we think back to Nigel's testimony and just the great importance of home groups. One of the things is we've been looking at loving God, loving the church, loving the lost. We talked about loving God, and one of the primary things that we do collectively as a group together is this Sunday morning service. We get together, and we, and we learn, and we, and we worship together, and we fellowship together, all so that we can grow our love of God, and each other a little bit as well. But the, one of the primary vehicles that we as a collective, as a church, are going to, uh, uh, can use and should use to love the church is home groups. Home groups are a, uh, are a fantastic way of, of, of joining together, contributing to the needs of the saints, as verse 13 says, um, and that might be physical needs sometimes, not always physical needs. Often, for example, with Nigel, it was just walking through life together. And I think those the home groups are, are an, an incredible way that we can do that in life on life together. And of course, with this virus thing that's going on, there's going to be lots of potential needs. It might be from might be from sickness that happens around us. We don't know what's happening in the next weeks and months, but it potentially very easily could be economic uh, 
issues and impacts that happen with some families in our family here. Um, the, the tourism industry is probably going to struggle for a little while. And, uh, and that's just, a, just a, a, a fact of where we are in, in this particular point in our country. Note that, uh, that home groups, and here's where I want to just, just urge, hear what I say over the next two minutes with, with a pinch of salt and, and an urge to calm, okay? But there's a potential that home groups might very soon play a much bigger part than we ever thought or kind of imagined. You've probably possibly heard that the sixth case of coronavirus in New Zealand was confirmed yesterday. Part of the news snippet that presented that was that this person was, uh, had been the Sunday before worshipping in a church setting, right? Um, and so we're, all, we're already told that we're to expect next, in this coming week, new guidelines and restrictions around gathering together as, a, 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 as, a, as large groups. We don't know what restrictions those are going to be. We don't know what numbers those are going to be. But we just need to realise that there's a real potential, because it's happened already across a lot, lots of the rest of the world, that we may not be able to meet as a large group like this together. So two things. One, even today, as, you, as we take communion together, just enjoy it. Because we, we, don't, we don't know, it might be some weeks or months before we can get together like this and have communion together. Hopefully, hopefully that's not the case, and hopefully next week we're all back together, and the week after, and the week after. But we just don't know what's going on right now. And as a, as a church, uh, we will obey the civil authorities until they tell us to do something that God says we shouldn't do. And so, uh, so we, we, uh, as, when we take communion, just enjoy it and just look around at the family that is gathered here together and we're doing this to, together and enjoy it. Just really lap it up, really, really love it. Two, this, the other part to that is that, yeah, our home groups could be just a real key connection point and collecting point and meeting point for us over the next little while. Again, we just don't know. We hope we can still gather together. But we don't know what's, gonna, what's around the corner. Um, so we will, yeah, like I mentioned, we're going to follow the guidelines of the government and the recommendations of the, of the health officials, etc. You might, some, some of you might be just sort of thinking there, hey, what about Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 10, 25 that tells us not to neglect the meeting together? Um, well, I, I, I just want to su suggest to you we're, we're not going to be legalistic. At the, the heart and tension of us all, I think, is to meet together. We want to do that, and we will as soon as we can, but we will uh, be, uh, when the circumstances require it, we may need to uh, just stop for a little while meeting together. And in fact, got an eye on the clock here. In fact, looking back, that has been the, the pattern of churches throughout church history when things like this happen. If the government asks us to, uh, pr to, stop, um, uh, to stop meeting for a short while, then the church, uh, throughout church history that has been the case. It happened in the Spanish flu back in 1918. Um, and of course, when, the, when those sorts of times hit, then the church goes and gets to work in a different way. Yeah, we may not work, get together and, and, and worship together in, all in one place, but we go out and we engage the world and we tell the world and we help the world in practical ways, but tell the world that they have a hope that's greater than the medical system around them. So one of the key ways that we're going to love the church is by living life together, and home groups is a, a fantastic way of doing that. We're going to pray for each other when we're going through tough times. We're going to laugh together. 
We're going to cry together. We're going to help each other. We're going to sharpen one another and help each other become more like Christ as we grow together. Very quickly, I mentioned that the, that the second part of this section of this, of this passage, right, verses 14 to 16, uh, it's, it's able, it helps us to perhaps look at the other thing that's going on in the, in the world or, or, or in New Zealand today, marking the anniversary of the uh, Christchurch terror attacks. Allow me just to take a small deviation here as we read the verses, because it's going to feel like we're going on a little bit away from loving the church, but it's going to come back uh, right away after that. Just just allow me to take us there on just for a couple of minutes. The verses, uh, chapter 12, verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. I mentioned earlier, these, these verses help us reflect on the Christchurch terror attacks. Verse 14, we'll just um, pop over for just a moment, and we're going to jump to verse 15. I mentioned before, there's a popcorn kind of thoughts from Paul here, so I think we can do this in the context. Verse 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. This is applicable, I think, inside the church and outside. Obviously, March 15 a year ago was a horrible, horrible day. A day that changed New Zealand significantly. And no matter what faith background you have, uh, what family background you have, we weep with those who weep. But it did change a number of those, uh, number of things in this country. It obviously changed lives there in Christchurch phenomenally, and we should uh, be be grieving with those ones. It also changed the context, the cultural context around New Zealand a fair bit, which I think we should be paying attention to. You might have noticed a, a lot of talk around hate speech, uh, and we obviously want to also uh, react s- strongly towards hate speech. We want to live peaceably with everyone as best we can. Actually, that's just a few verses down in verse 18 if you want to have a look. But there was a lot of talk about hate speech going on at that particular time as a result of the March, of, of the March 15 terror attacks because of, of the white supremacy and, and the likes happening around it. There was also something else that was interesting that was happening in the culture around about that time, and you'll know the name Israel Folau, who was also classed as hate speech. So on March 15, some, a, a terrible event took place and more than 50 people lost their lives, which was horrendous. But something else also started happening, a ball kind of started rolling. That roll and, and it started rolling just a little bit faster after March 15. As the, as the culture around us picked up on this idea of hate speech and, um, and condemning hate speech, but then as other events came, came along and, uh, and truth statements about the Christian fa- faith, even though Israel might have, Israel Folau might have uh, presented it in a poor way, perhaps, for sure, truth statements around the Christian faith started getting lumped into this idea of hate speech. And so we started to see just a little bit more of a bit of a ball rolling and a progression happening as the, as the society around us, as the culture around us, just started to look upon Christianity in a different way. Just two days ago, our Prime Minister, while reflecting on March 15, said that they were looking at utilising social media companies to promote speech that is tolerant of all rather than the opposite. I'll just roll over that again. She said that we were, they were going to utilize social media companies 
and put pressure on social media companies to promote speech that is tolerant of all rather than the opposite. At face value, we 100% agree with that. But the underlying current means that, that some of the things that we might say as truth statements about the Christian faith are going to be are going to be lumped into categories, and it's a miscategorization of sure, for sure, but it's going to, we, we potentially will be lumped into speech that is said to be not tolerant of all. The culture around us is changing, we know that. The tide is turning against Christianity and against Christians. And as evangelical Christians, uh, uh, generally across the board, mostly agree, persecution of some sort is probably heading the way of the, the church in the Western world. So I want us to read these verses again, these three verses again, through the lens of where our culture might be heading in terms of persecution against the church. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, but weep with those who weep. And then live in harmony together with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. So, we feel one another's emotions. That was verse 15. We, we were to do that. But verse 14, going back to it, we bless those who persecute us. We are to, both collectively and individually, bless those who persecute us. And just with a, with a thought in the mind that that persecution is potentially heading our way. We're not to fight back. We're not to sling mud. We're to engage in the public square where, square where appropriate. But we remember church history. The public square oftentimes has not been open to Christianity. And so we bless those that persecute us. You know what? That means that we're going to have to be a real tight-knit group. We're going to have to love each other. If the outside world is pressing in on us and, and wanting to, uh, to, to push us in other ways and, and, and persecute us, we're going to have to be a tight-knit group. And as a church, that we're going to, there's a, coming a time where we're going to have to live in harmony even when times are tough. We're going to have to live in time and harmony like we've never had to lo- uh, live before. We'd have to love and support one another and learn this in the easy times, learn this in the times when we're not persecuted so that if hard times come, we know how, exactly how to love one another. And as we wrap this up, remembering all these things, the, 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 all these things as, as we're looking at events outside of us, but how that affects us as we live together as a community together. Our security is not in a medical system. Our security is not a government that can or cannot or may or may not stem the tide of a pandemic. Our, gov- our, our security is not in the measures that are put in place to stop March, March 15 type events. Our security and our faith is in nothing but Christ. That's where our security and faith is. History is full of pandemics. History is full of world wars and, and people being murdered and, and slaughtered. That's a terrible, th- terrible thing, but, it's, but history is full of that. Our security, our faith is in nothing but Christ alone and the future that we have rock solid in Christ and His and the future that He has gained for us on the cross. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank You for this morning. We thank You that we've been able to look at this passage, but also look at the events that are happening around us. It's been important to, to just consider those things through your eyes and consider those things through the, the eyes of Scripture. Lord, I pray that you would just bless us as a church family, no matter what the, the future brings for us in the next little while. Lord, I pray that you would just bless our time here as we celebrate communion uh, and as we just enjoy being together. 
knowing that we, while we hope and pray that we will continue to be able to meet together, we know that that just might have to push pause for a little while uh, in, the, in the near future. So we just ask for your blessing on us as a group and us as we love one another and, and uh, pour out our, both our love for one another and also lay down our lives for one another, just lay down our preferences, lay down the things that we want for so that we can serve others in our, in our church and in our family. So we thank you for this morning and we pray for your blessing on us as we continue to worship together. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.